podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari. Joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? How you doing, man? Um, I am just jumping for joy today, man. It is Monday. Right. It is podcast time, and it's just another day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I know. It's it's a start of a new week, and uh, yeah, you know, it's you know it's, it's big week for my job job, Vincent. Is it? Yeah, because uh, it's the beginning of Lent, Ash Wednesday week. Oh boy! And that is the best a, Fridays in the world for you. Yeah, it is surprisingly how how much that makes a difference. It really is. We we do most of our business in in these seven weeks. So, so for those of you listening and who think it's their own cat in the background, it's not. it is not. It is in <laughs> fact Tom, the lovable and adorable Tom. Um, for those of you that haven't been keeping track on my Instagram, Tom is going to be seventeen years old in October. He's not doing great as far as health goes. So he tends to like to wander into my office when I'm in here. He he wants me in the living room on the couch so he can sit in my lap. And when I'm not there, he likes to remind me that I'm not there. So he'll come in here and he'll scream. So he's if actually, you hear, he's actually just mad that you didn't pick him to be your co-host, which I, you know? I which I actually think he probably would have over me if he could speak. But he, you know, he, and he, I and he, I wouldn't be offended to be honest. He's. He speaks. He speaks rather well, actually. He's, <laughs> he he's very better well than me most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he does say he has learned how to say to your point, Ethan. Exactly so right. I do think that with the right amount of coaxing and training, Tom could <laughs> actually be a good fill-in co-host. <laughs> I am. I, I. I am amazed at how quickly and 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 I hope people stuck around for it. But damn, if you're one of Kit Clever's people. Mm-hmm. You guys just showed up in force last week when he was on. Thank you so much for all the new for all the new listeners and all the people that showed up because he directed you here. I, I really appreciate it and I hope you enjoy the show. And wow, I mean it's just it was noticeable. The show popped off as soon as we dropped it and it was just it was nice. It and was the, be- really and nice the best part is that I in talking to him, he got he picked up a bunch too, which is awesome as well i mean that's that's the win-win right if if yep. we can, and and he deserves it as everyone that listens could you know could attest but so that's awesome yeah it's yeah it's, that was that was a truly fun that was a truly yeah. fun conversation and it's it's so nice to see so many more people i know mm-hmm. following him now and it's like totally. okay good good we called out the army and they went exactly exactly <laughs> good. yep for sure um so we decided we decided this week we were going to just pull someone in from our own army Oh yeah, one of yeah, the- we just this is what we do. See, you can we don't we don't want to say you can buy your way onto the show because you can't. We don't, but you know there are people who have been with us since the very very lean beginnings of this podcast, and um, they happen to be makers also. So we like right, to, which uh, is with incredible work too, and and it's just it's so nice when that overlaps, you know. <laughs> yeah, and what's what's even more amazing is when you know after all the time you know them and you watch their stuff and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, they're doing really cool stuff, and then one day they come out and they go, you know, I'm gonna make my first cutting board, and you go, wait, what? And not <laughs> only their own their first cutting board, but the detail. I know, and they did. Then they go. Well, I'm going to show up all these people who make a big deal out of this. And I'm just going to do my first boards are going to have juice grooves. On them. <laughs> so, of course, we're talking about the one and only Rory Langefeld. Hi, Rory. Vincent, Ethan, thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. No Dude, problem, man. Your, your, I have, been, I enjoyed. It was really funny because when you said you were making your first cutting board video, I remember you said something to me to the effect of, "I hope I do okay. Don't rip it apart too bad." And I'm like. 
how bad could it be, right? How, like, <laughs> you really can't screw up. I mean, okay, that's not totally true. You can really screw up a cutting board. Oh, but yeah. I figured you know enough, you've seen enough, you're not going to attempt something, you don't know what you're doing. And I watched the video, I'm like, holy crap, dude did everything right. Like, right. on the first try. That's right. annoying. <laughs> Well, last week you said that you've seen more cutting board videos than anybody on the planet. And I was thinking to myself, oh, I wonder if I could put my YouTube analytics up against his and see who's watched more. <laughs> I, I went down a rabbit hole before I'd ever even made my first cutting board. And I was watching um, videos by MTM Wood. Do you know the Russian dude? Uh, yeah, he's and, ringing a bell. Yeah. Yeah. And he just makes cutting boards that are just off the charts. There are two guys – that were like my cutting board experts. It's um, Nick from Broenwood, who's mm-hmm. just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. His cutting boards are just, they're works of art in every sense of the word. And if you've never seen his stuff, wow, guys. I mean, you you he does a lot of it with CNC work. So I'm just going to put that out there. But he designs, him and his brother do all the artwork for the boards so cool. by hand. They bring it into Illustrator. They trace everything. And then they engrave that stuff onto the board. And they do inlay techniques that you know people that have a cnc understand the difficulty of doing these inlays the way they do them and it's just unbelievable but the other guy um the other guy i'm talking about is mtm wood he does he does these crazy patterns and he doesn't use a cnc he does everything old school by hand in a shop that looks like an old I just want to say it looks like a communist prison. I mean, that's literally what his like shop really looks like. Lose a finger on every tool that you use. exactly right. like yeah. it, it. It everything looks like a combination of either you know old, old, old Soviet era stuff, or just literally a torture device. And <laughs> the boards that come out of his shop are just like holy crap! Like, dude, you're just crushing it. But yeah, I get down these rabbit holes like. I just want to see what people are doing and it, it, there's it, so much out there. It's so funny that you guys are both talking about like the number of uh, cutting board videos that, so I have, I've made charcuterie boards, right. But I've never made a cutting board. Cause one, I don't have a planer and I know that's not an excuse. I could use that, you know, whatever. Um, but, but I have watched so many cutting board videos in the last <laughs> couple of weeks because of what we talked about. And I might've mentioned this last week, but I mean, I know I mentioned the pattern pattern leather, but I've watched so many cutting board videos because I'm just like so excited about the pattern part mm-hmm. of it that mm-hmm. I've watched so many. You, you have no idea. I mean, and it's so funny too, because I get to people like I'm I'm going through a, a, you know, a feed of cutting board videos and there's people that I, I watch all their videos, like, you know, Drew, a Fisher shop and you know, I all these people and I keep hitting other cutting board videos that they've made and it's just like amazing every time i'm like oh how have i not seen that but it yeah it's, it, it is a rabbit hole and you can you're totally right this but, how did i not how did i know not know this person made cutting boards exactly exactly <laughs> but yeah i mean rory and actually we didn't even mention uh r r l l woodworks is your <laughs> yeah. channel name yeah mm-hmm. r l l woodworks thanks dude vincent this mtm wood guy this is crazy so i was i'm like i know that i know that name and i'm looking at it and one of my earliest videos is this wooden Australian flag. And of course, just like anybody who's going to do something for the first time, you find YouTube videos on it. And he's got a, he's got an Australian flag end grain cutting board, like unreal. Cause the Australian flag's got the union Jack and then a bunch of stars in it. And I watched this video, I watched this video, like, I don't know, two years ago, a year and a half ago or something. 
And remember thinking to myself, like, I wouldn't have, like, this guy is just on a whole nother stratosphere as far oh, as yeah. Helen goes. Yep. And, and he does, I mean, as far as I remember, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think he uses a CNC. I mean, I don't think I, he does either. I mean, maybe he does, but it, regardless, even if he does, it's yeah. unreal. It, it, oh, yeah, oh, look at that. There is a CNC. Okay. I don't remember ever seeing him use a CNC, but yeah, it's just the patterns, the stuff he does, the 3D stuff that what he is does it again? is just. Sorry. MTM. MTM Wood MTM, is the. Right. Um, yeah, it's. There's no English in the entire video, by the way. <laughs> just want to point that oh, out. Oh, yes. There's, no, no, I, I do know this guy. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I wasn't subscribed, but I do. I have seen. Well, probably from my deep dive on. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I was looking up 3D, um, 3D cutting boards, and he is like the master. Oh my gosh. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, cutting, Sorry. cutting boards are, I mean, I am like a total novice and I've only made two, but just in those two that I made, I think I mentioned this in the video, like it is just, you can, you can make an entire channel on cutting boards and have plenty of content. It's, it's mm-hmm. really unbelievable how, how versatile they are as far as making goes. Well, they're so, know, I, they're so obtainable. I think that like, so cutting boards is something that everyone uses, right? And it, so I think there's something that there's a cross between something that everyone can use and uh, beautiful aesthetics that people can admire. Right? There's something there's something there that there's some there's some reason why everyone loves cutting boards as much as they do. Yeah. Oh sure. I think they're a sign. I think they're a sign of permanence and luxury at a yeah. time where we're so used to just throwing everything away. Right. Like. You know, you, you there was somebody was in their Instagram stories and they were showing, they went to like Walmart. It was and me. Showed, that was was me. it you? That was me. It was during my journey. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And you were like, you, you showed, you pulled this gigantic board out and it was like 20 bucks and you were, that was you that did that. Yeah. Okay. See, I do pay attention. I don't always remember who does the thing. I did, but I I did the same the thing, thing with Nick from Build That Bill. And I was like, somebody asked me this question. And he was like, yeah, that he, D, I, D, I DM'd you that question. And I was like, oh. I had like, I had like just started them that morning and had to walk into Walmart to get something on the way to work. And the first thing I see, I'm not kidding guys, this $5 bamboo cutting board with a juice groove. I'm like, oh, great, great, uh, great business to get into here. (laughs) The margins are seeming like crap. (laughs) So how does someone, you said in your, in your video, you'd been a woodworker for about 20 years. Yeah, I, and, I I use woodworker in air quotes. I think. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I mean, we all no none of us none of us actually use the word and actually mean it. Believe me. <laughs> but you, how did you? I don't want to say how did you go that long without making a cutting board because it's kind of like one of those questions where well, I didn't. My first cutting board came well after I'd started woodworking. But how did how did you get started and what made you finally decide to go? Hmm, you know, I just want to do this. Yeah. Like, because some of the stuff you've done is like way more advanced than doing cutting boards. I love one of the things I love that you've done. One of my favorite projects, and we've actually talked about it, is the cart that you made for your table yeah, saw. Because we have basically mm-hmm. we basically have the same table saw. Wow. We have a, it's a slightly different model, but we basically have the same saw. And you clearly had the same issue with it that I did because you ended up making an in feed and an out feed table for it. Yep. And you've tackled projects that are way more complicated, way more advanced, way more involved than something like a cutting board. So how did you get started? And, you know, what kind of woodworking are you mostly into? What do you do the most on your channel, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, well, thanks for those kind words, first of all. Um, So, yeah, going back. So when I say 20 years ago, I'm talking about like a teenager, 15, 16. And 
the way I got into it, I mean, just like anybody else, uh, you know, watched a lot of like home time and this old house and new Yankee workshop with my brother when I was younger. And just, that's kind of where the seed got planted, but Mm -hmm. I was super into like fish tanks and aquariums when I was a kid, like worked at a pet store in high school and it was the best job because everybody's happy when they're in a pet store and got into aquariums (laughs) and aquariums is one of those things. Like talk about a, a YouTube community. There is this whole like fish tank aquarium, YouTube community. And it's one of those hobbies that is very, um, like welcoming to DIYers. And I was, I don't know, 14, 15, something like that. And tried to build myself this canopy for this fish tank I had so I could have better lights. Right. So I could do like a saltwater aquarium. And I'm, I'm literally building this canopy with a jigsaw and like a hammer and nails because that's what we had in the house. And I was like, this is awful. (laughs) 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 This is not fun. This, this is not like how Norm does it on new Yankee workshop. Like what am I doing wrong here? And so I, I don't know, like the internet wasn't really around back then. So I must've jumped over to Ace Hardware and found like this cheap table saw. And I think it was like a hundred bucks and asked for it for Christmas. And I got it and started dinking around on that. And then I took, uh, woods, we, you know, wood shop in high school, we called it woods and took, uh, woods one and two, uh, for two semesters in a row. And that was really my first exposure to like any sort of formal training or real, real power tools and loved it. Absolutely loved it. And so then my senior year of high school going into college, I got a job working for a home builder and was basically just a laborer, but again, got exposed to like the real world of, like hard manual labor as a carpenter. And Vince, I think your dad was a carpenter, wasn't he? So you, mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. relate to this and learned a ton over that summer. And it was something that I always came back to every summer between um, years when I was at college and also did on, on uh, winter break and just loved it. Right. And, and when I graduated and, and got married and we got our first house, that's when I was like, I need to get some of my own tools and I need to, you know, we're going to redo this entire house. We didn't buy like a a fixer upper or anything, but we bought a house that we wanted to, to um, update and update the kitchen and the bathrooms and stuff. And so I got always things to do in a house, right? Any house, right? Any house. Yeah. There's uh, so I was like, Oh, we need crown molding in here. So I was going to learn how to do all this stuff and, um, got the, the, this is probably, this is 12 years ago. Now got the combo set of, um, Porter cable tools at Lowe's mm-hmm. with the, you know, 18 volt NICAD that I, that I still have and, and rocking my videos. If you haven't seen them <laughs> <laughs> proudly, proudly rocking the Porter cables a decade old and, um, got a, a, the cheap miter saw that I have now and, um, and just started doing stuff. Right. So, so we took out the cabinets cause in my construction job, I got exposed to how to install cabinets and just like kind of fearlessly went into this, like, home renovation, um, mindset. And so we lived there for three years and touched every surface. And this was in 2009. And so, you know, a lot was going on as far as the economy goes and, and, uh, home values, but we ended up right in, in those three years, we ended up being able to sell the house basically for what we bought it for, which was a huge plus because, you know, of the updates that we did to it. And so that was kind of an awesome, learning experience and, and bonding experience for my wife and I as newlyweds and uh, moved into a different house and same thing, wanted to, to basically touch every surface in there. 
And then, um, so that's kind of like my, my background of like woodworking slash DIY home improvement type stuff. Right. And, uh, five or six years ago, we moved down here to Nashville and the house that we moved into, um, Nashville doesn't have a lot of basements, but what you can find is a three car garage. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) when we moved down here in our three car garage, same thing, wanted to do some stuff to the, to the house. And I like slowly took over, you know, as the boxes got unpacked and my daughter's toys got situated, we, we, I commandeered a a chunk of the garage and set up like a a formal miter saw station and, and, um, you know, started to organize the tools in a way that I could, you know, access them easy and put up a French cleat wall and, um, just kind of went from there. So if you want me to keep going, I can talk a little bit about you know, Etsy and the YouTube channel and all that stuff, but. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause I, I love, I love origin stories because a lot of people, you know, they, they kind of just assume that, you know, you just walk into it and you just start doing it. And they don't realize that sometimes the state that you see somebody at their shop, their, their level of craftsmanship, what they know, it's been, it's been a build. It takes time for people to get where they are. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think it's also interesting, like it sounds like, and uh, I'm interested in this, but I do, I do want you to keep going but um it's like you do a lot of like shop furniture and and home improvement stuff but you also do a lot of like flags and kind of more uh, other kind of woodworking so i'm interested as to like what what do you prefer and how do you balance that but before that how did you get there (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so um it's kind of a funny story so just like everything right we, um, we have an American flag out in front of our house and, um, this was two years ago and it, you know, over the course of a year or two or whatever it was, got tattered and shredded and we needed a new one. And so I went online to buy a new American flag and it was like fate, right? So I see this wooden American flag on sale for Etsy for like, I don't know, 40 bucks or something like that, 50 bucks, something in that range. And I was like, that is awesome. And I could probably make that. And mm-hmm. so like, how, yeah. How often is that? It's like, I can make that, right? That's totally, the sign of a maker right there. Totally. Yeah. I had like never seen, and it's so funny because at the first, if you Google would an American flag, you just get pages upon pages of, of <laughs> one of my, one of my buddies, um, crafted in NJ, AJ, that's his main source yes. of income now is, is, Amer- is wooden American flags. That's what he does. It's a, it's a huge business. I follow a couple mm-hmm. people, um, uh, there's a couple people on TikTok that, and we'll talk about that. Um, but that have, yeah, just huge, huge flag businesses. So anyway, buy my, buy my normal flag from Amazon or whatever it was for the front of the house. And then, you know, I was like, I'm going to build this flag and I built it and it was, you know, pretty easy. And I was like, huh, I wonder if I put this on Etsy, if it would sell. And hmm. that's how it started. I put it on Etsy and sure enough, it sold. And I like, that's how I, I'm putting, I'm creating my Etsy account and needed to come up with a name and my name's Rory and my daughter's Lily and my wife is Lindsay. And so there you've got RLL Woodworks. Like it was literally like, I just made, I, I needed a name and I made it up and there it was. <laughs> well, see, and now I know because I definitely didn't, know, but that's, that's brilliant. I love that. That's <laughs> Thanks. It's so cool. It's so cool when I hear, when I hear someone, I, I really just never, when I was in high school, I really wish that there were like proper shop classes. Oh, me too, Vincent. Me too. Because 100%. the one, the one class that I took that would be considered a shop class was jewelry. Yep. And I learned how to use a gas torch. I learned how to silver solder. 
I learned how to polish, buff, cut with a jeweler's saw. I learned skills that I hold on to today for dear life. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, those are skills that I had. There was no way to learn. I mean, granted, now I could probably watch a YouTube video and with a little bit of trial and error, learn it. But those were skills that I really, really am glad that I learned because they've, you know, even though I don't make jewelry that way, I've still learned a lot about how to work with metal, how to work with tools. I mean, most of my experience with tools, even though my dad always tell even though my dad was a carpenter, I didn't really do anything woodworking related until four years after he was gone. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's, it's just crazy to me that these, that so many kids have so many talents that they're never going to get to unlock because shop is for the dumb kids. Right. It's it's so true, Vincent. I mean, and uh, we, I, we didn't have any kind of shop class or anything. And we had a few things in, in middle school that were like kind of, I mean, they're more home ec and like sewing and stuff like that, but we didn't have any of that in, in high school. And I, I craved that so much and it, to the point where I, uh, I think I've talked about it, but um, between my junior and senior uh, high school, my parents like let me sign up for some like uh, automotive, like adult learning classes at, you know, at the local community college. And I was craving that so much to your point, Vincent, like I was craving it so much and there was nothing, there's no option for me. And just, just like, you know, just like we're losing music uh, classes from, from schools, we're losing the, the woodworking. And I I think that's such a shame. I don't know. Not to be whatever. No, I think I I agree. I think it's, you know, I like the way Mike Rowe, you know, always talks about, you know, kids should, some kids should be learning trades, you know, trades. And there's nothing wrong with learning exactly. a trade. Exactly. There's exactly. nothing wrong with learning a trade. You you know, you ask your ask your friend, ask your friend who graduates college with, you know, $120,000 mm-hmm. in debt and a degree that doesn't get him a job and you're an electrician and you you go to a 100%. trade school for two and a half years and now all of a sudden you're making 120 grand a year and you have no college debt, you know. Right. I yeah. I I just and, feel and so you're, bad. and you're doing what you like what you're good at and what you're happy with. I think that's, that's the, yeah. And that's the other thing, right? Because, you know, I, I have a friend, I always joke, I have a friend who, I won't say he's dumb, because he's not dumb, clearly, right? But he's not, he's not the, he's not the academic type. He's, he's not, he's not the traditional yeah, definition, definition student, of right? smart, but that's, you the, give that's him, a, you, right. Yeah, you give him wrenches and sit him in front of a motor, he's one of the brightest people you'll ever meet in your life. Dude can with his eyes closed, put a motor together. And it's not even a, it's not even a question. The guy just knows his stuff. And I'm, I've been amazed. He, he knew, he knew this stuff when we were kids, right? But he wasn't a college student. And yet the system just wanted him to be a college student so bad that they just beat this passion out of him until he was smart enough as an adult to go, yeah, you know what? This is what I'm going to do, okay? And he went back to it, and he's like, no, I'm going to do this. And thank God he did. Right. So Probably happy yeah. as could I'm, be. It's kind of cool that you – it's it's also kind of cool that, you know, like most of the people that we get on the show, Rory, that, that this isn't your – that um, woodworking and DIY isn't your day job. Yeah. yeah. What, is, what is your day job? Yeah, so I am a, I'm an administrator at, um, at the big academic medical center here in Nashville. And so I, I operate our, our surgery department basically. And so, yeah, woodworking is very much a hobby of mine and, um, would love for it to, to one day be more than that, but that is way in the distant future. 
I hear you. <laughs> do you do you feel that you know with the tension and stress of your job? Do you feel do you find woodworking is a good escape one, for you, or 100%. is it just something you do to do do the opposite? <laughs> yeah, no, one hundred percent. It is definitely my stress reliever. I don't have a lot of other hobbies. Um, I played golf in high school and enjoy you know sports and watching sports and stuff. But you know being a, a, a husband and a father is my number one priority. And so mm-hmm. after, you know, work and time with the family, I think I've joked with you about this Vincent before I get, I'm lucky if I get 10 minutes in the shop a day and that is, you know, <laughs> that is fine. I know what my priorities are um, and not, and not shy about that at all. But yes, it is definitely a, um, a, a stress reliever and, you know, something to get my mind off things for sure. A way to balance, balance everything out. It is yeah. it is funny, right? Because there are people who look at woodworking as just very stressful. It's very it's nerve wracking, and you know. And then there are people like us who are like, no, I, I like when I'm down in my shop. Like I, I feel like that's when I have the most control over what's going on. Is when I'm in my shop doing whatever, mm-hmm. even if it's only for a little while. Yeah, I know that at that moment, I'm the boss, <laughs> no matter <laughs> what. Yep, it's a controlled environment. Yeah, you you. I, I like what you said about, by the way, I like what you said about a three-car garage because mm-hmm. it just reminded me of all the houses in uh, West Virginia where my family is. And it's like, yep, they have that 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 double door and then the single door yep. garage. Yep. Like, and that single door in every family, um, it's, it's one of a few things. It's either a, a mini wood shop. It's where you fill your rounds to go hunting. <laughs> Or it's where you bait your lures to go fishing. It's like this it's one of those three things in every single and you you see all these communities and it's like they got these two garage doors, this really wide one, that's for the two cars, and you got that really skinny one. And what's behind that really skinny one is always what's most interesting. What, what I don't understand too is like I feel like uh it's like, you know, Tennessee and and South have three car garages. And I like, but up here, we only have two gar garages, which would make way more sense for us to have it up here with all the snow and, sh- and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Guys- Ironically, uh, uh, up here in my neighborhood, there are almost no two car garages. Right. Everybody's got right. these skinny little one car garages. Right. And some of, I mean, some of that is just because of when, when houses were built. I get that. But my house was built in like the seventies or whatever. Like, why do I not have a three car garage? I'm, I'm a three car garage. I know. I'm like, I'm whining like a uh, Jimmy's, uh, you got Jimmy, the Jimmy Gar- baby boys. Yeah, exactly. Well, why am I not getting over? But, <laughs> or the David yeah. Pachuto. It must be nice to have a three car. garage. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Where I can carpet it and everything. Yeah. Do you guys have but, basements? Yes, I do. That's and where I, my shop and is. I, and maybe that's a, actually, that's a really good point. Rory. That's, that's I think yeah. that's the, I, I think the, the, the hard yeah. ground down here makes basements, um, hard. You basically have to live on a slope to get one. And so, um, I think a lot of the, a lot of the homes are ah. built just to have that extra, that extra storage thing. Well, there you go. See, Rory actually had the answer right there. So <laughs> that, it, it, nice work. Man. I, I was letting you that guys, is... letting you guys, uh, struggle a little bit there for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's still going to use my baby boy, Jimmy baby voice sometimes. Somebody the other day I was watching one of their videos and like, my shop is really small. It's the size of a two car garage. <laughs> and I'm That's like, dream. I'm right? like, go to hell. <laughs> like, that's twice the size. So I figured it out, right? My shop, one time I did the numbers, my shop is 15 by 20. That's a, It's about 15 by 20. I think that's about, it's pretty close to that, right? And I'm like, your car, yours is the size of a two-car garage, and you're telling me your shop is small? <laughs> like, bro, we need to have a conversation about small. <laughs> well, so I, I mean, I, uh, I'm not going to, I probably, sh- I, I'm not going to uh, name drop, but uh, a local person who's 
very awesome, um, reached out to me and he had this old uh, leather sewing machine, like Ooh, old yeah. leather sewing machine, but like a workhorse. And he had just put on a new motor, but he was getting another one from Jimmy. And uh, and he's like, I need to get this other one out of here. Like, I'll give you a really good price. And I like I struggled so much because I wanted that thing so bad. I literally don't have a place to put it. Yep. Oh, and I had, hate that. I And I had to pass on it and I hated that. And it's just uh, it's just like, like such a shame. But yep, that's me in a joiner right now. Like I cannot figure out a way to get a joiner in the in the in the garage to make it work right now. I've actually toyed with with not parking my car in the garage and, and expanding the shop. But I don't know if I can justify it yet. We'll yeah. see. We'll see how this thing goes. <laughs> how, love, how big of a joiner do you need? I mean, I like I have a tabletop one, and it actually works amazing. Dude, yeah, I, I I've heard for, good for, things about. But them. yeah, but I mean, but it it does come with its limitations. But for like what I what I use it for, it actually works really really well. I think it might even be a porter and cable. It's like, it, but it's been a really really good workhorse. So I went on the more expensive side for the planer. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that follow oh, right that I yeah, did, right but, but I, I am, oh, yeah. I'm kicking myself for it because, um, not that it's a bad piece of equipment. I just think for the price I could have gotten what I need out of it for, yeah. I could have gotten used the win or the DeWalt or the Porter cable or anything. And so if I do get a joiner, it would probably just be a benchtop one because let's, let's face it. I'm not a, an eight hour a day woodworker. So, one of the things I love about your shop and when you, when you tend to, um, you know, when you said your cheap little miter saw, well, I'm just going to point something out, dude, your miter saw is the same exact miter saw I had before I have the one I have. Yeah. Like it, literally the same one, your table saw, the same one I have your, you know, I see my tools in your shop sometimes. And I'm just like, I, you know, even the scroll saw your when scroll saw yeah. I had the same scroll saw. Yeah. In fact, um, one of our um, one of our supporters actually has that scroll saw right now, um, but it's it's just really funny. I always I always feel like a kinship with people <laughs> when I see mm-hmm. my the tools I've gotten used to over the years, and they're all in somebody else's shop, and it's almost like a bonding experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, then anytime I'm like salivating over the the three horsepower saw stop, I'm like, okay, like check yourself. This is a this is a hobby. You don't need to be <laughs> having the yeah, top and- of the line tools. Yeah. I had a thought the other day, right? I, I was sitting and I, I, you know, I'm getting a, a drum sander, okay? Because I, mm-hmm. I don't have a choice. I cannot produce cutting boards in the volume I yeah. need to produce them in if without a, without a drum sander yeah. at this point. It's it, just I'll just, I'm just going to say this real quick. I don't understand why drum sanders are so expensive. So expensive. Dude. For, for what they are. But but at the same time, Vincent, I 100% yeah. agree that like you It'll absolutely pay for itself. need – if you're – yeah, you're absolutely. It is. It's gonna pay for itself. Because, it is gonna pay for itself. Right, I'm. I'm, I'm almost. Yeah. To, I almost have enough money saved up where I can where I can swing one. It's gonna cost me about sixteen, seventeen hundred bucks to get it shipped yeah. here, yeah. and it's totally worth it. I understand this worth, it. and I know that I'm talking about like, oh, you're gonna just spend that. Yeah, I am because it's gonna make me money, and I understand that it's gonna kill me initially. Just like the CNC killed me initially, just like the Glowforge killed me initially. But there's and no the good end, way. Of, there's no good way around it. Like for end grain stuff and stuff like that. Like there's no way to really. I mean, there are ways, but there's no like efficient it's way to not. get around it to get there's the same not. kind of I results. Mean, you right? watch the people that do yeah. like big chunky end grain cutting boards, right. and they're not sitting there with a plane. No, right. they're just not. Yeah. I mean. I get, I get that you can, right? I get that you can sit there with an orbital sander, or you can flatten on the CNC, but I'm just like, 
it's not always feasible. I mean, right. you know, the CNC is going to, my CNC will take way longer to flatten a board than a drum sander would. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just will. And the drum sander has got t- almost twice the capacity of my planer. So it's like, okay, this is clearly where I need to be going. Right. And I, I was just wondering, Rory, cause I, like I said, I, I see so many of my tools. Like I even see like use the glue bot and I'm mm-hmm. like, yep. Rory knows his stuff. Cause Rory's got all my stuff in his shop. So <laughs> either we're both wrong or we both right. But like, how do you, how do you balance the tool envy with the practical, with the practicality? Yeah. Cause I did notice, and uh, you know, this is me giving you a little bit of ribbing. You didn't go cheap on your planer. Nope. Like you didn't. You you went quite expensive on your planer, actually. And but you you felt like that was a place where you could spend the money. Whereas you know you also have you have the Wen scroll saw, which I had, and it's a great scroll saw, but it's also a very inexpensive scroll saw. So where do you, how do you find that balance? And you know, because for you this is this is a part time hobby. Yep. So that's a kind of thing that people struggle with. It's like, do I invest? How much do I invest in something that is not like meant to be a full-time thing? So how do you kind of find that balance? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So, you know, you're talking about saving up for the drum sander and that going back to the, the Etsy sales, that was kind of a nice little way for me to, you know, spend a little bit of money on the shop and not feel guilty about it because I'm the breadwinner for our family and don't, don't, you know, need to be out spending a bunch of money on tools and stuff when we've, when I've got a family to support at the same time. And, and, uh, and so I think, you know, the, the planer thing is, I definitely learned my lesson there. What ended up selling me on it in the first place that I think I got burned on was the helical head. I was like, ah, you know, I've seen all Mm -hmm. these, all these, all these videos on the helical heads that, and the the Shellix or Shellix, however you pronounce it. Yep, people up buying upgrade kits for their own. Totally, so they're they buying the upgrade kit. Yep. Yeah, and and so I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I'm gonna say the way I'm gonna justify this, I'm gonna save the time on sanding by having this helical head that's gonna have these boards coming out super smooth. The problem is that the Rikon stock blade is technically a helical head, but it's like I, I should count them. It's probably maybe 20 cutter heads. Come, oh, really? Yeah. It, they are super far spaced apart. Wow. Oh, wow. And so wow. they're great because if one gets chipped, you can change it real easier, rotate it. But mm-hmm. it's not the like hundred that you see on the upgrade yeah, kit. So you're not going to get that really fine no, finish on no. it. No, And so oh. I'm sitting, I'm like, what is like, how, what's the deal? And then finally it dawned on me. Like this isn't the, this is not, I'm not comparing apples to apples here when I'm, when I'm right. thinking mm-hmm. that this is a, a helical head. And so that to right. me was not really, all helical heads. Are yes, apparently equal, right? not. And hopefully, hopefully people can which, watch Which that. I would not have known either. Right? No, I mean, I a hundred percent. I get that. Yeah. I got burned. I mean, it's br- brilliant marketing, right? It's technically yeah. a helical head. So I was, I was in, I was like, oh, 700 bucks. This is like a, this is a great deal. Like the, the Shelix head alone cost that. So, um, yeah, I, you know, to answer your question, Vincent, I, I have learned my lesson on that. And from now on, am am very comfortable using the, um, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, kind of the, the builder grade, the DIY grade, uh, mm-hmm. tools out there and, and, uh, will not feel guilty about that anymore. I, I think that. I hate to say it, but I think I know that there are people. Everybody has their tool brand loyalty. Mm-hmm. Like I will only buy Milwaukee tools, and I will only buy Makita tools. Eh, fine, I think I'm that's not gonna BS. tell you what to buy. No, I think Why that's BS. So. But honestly, 
I've not had, I've only ever had one Ryobi tool that I don't like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I literally can tell you it's, it's their stupid hammer drill. And the reason I don't like it is because I think the chuck is absolute garbage because the bits literally fall out of the chuck. It's the only Ryobi tool I have where I just dread using it. I use it because it's a cordless hammer drill, which is super convenient. Um, but, if, but aside from that, I have the orbital sander. I have the trim. I have the high-end jigsaw. I have the brushless circular saw. I have the caulk gun. I have the rotary tool. I mean, I look like a Ryobi commercial. I think the only person on the planet who has more Ryobi tools than me is um daddy is um scott from dad it yourself diy yeah, yeah i think he's the only person who has more ryobi and that's just because he doesn't have anything but ryobi in his shop doesn't adam Mackey have a bunch too didn't he win a contest or something oh yeah oh I mean, yeah, yeah yeah he's got a, he's got a yeah. bunch he's got a bunch but but here's the th- so but here's the thing because i'm a hundred percent and you know i'm a Ry- uh, ryobi fan vincent and mm-hmm. the but if you pay attention there are people that like point out the one tool that that brand does not do well. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, if you pay attention to that, then, then you're good because you, you can do all Ryobi except for that one thing. And, mm-hmm. and people have said like, uh, when I was looking for bandsaws, tabletop bandsaws, everyone was like, love Ryobi, love, 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 love. I don't <laughs> like their bandsaw. Yeah. No. yeah. And, no, and, and there's good. one other, and there's one other there's one uh, one other of their tools i'm a hundred percent all ryobi a hundred percent but it, it but i think that's the important thing that it's almost more important to find like go out there and find the the exceptions to the rule mm-hmm. than the like the like the shining star right uh because because if i had got if i had if I hadn't done that, I would have gotten it because I love all the rest of their tools. And, yeah. and, and it's the same thing with when, uh, when and, um, and Rikon. I, I got the Rikon. The only Rikon tool I have is the bandsaw that, uh, you know, the tabletop bandsaw that, you know, uh, David Picciuto recommends and stuff like that. And I love that tool. But I don't know about the rest of them, but I know that that one is, is worth the price. And I have the, I have a when drill press and that thing is amazing. Yep. I think y'all have the I've same drill the same press, one. by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, and it's, and it's fantastic. And I had another drill press before that, that I gave to my dad, but this one has variable speeds and stuff like that. And it's absolutely worth the price. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes I, like I said, I think sometimes it's, it's, it's about finding the exception to the brand versus finding the brand. Yeah. So building on that a little bit, I I've got, I'm like the opposite of brand loyalty when it comes to tools. I feel like I've got what I think is the best tool for that price range that I'm in, mm-hmm. um, for what I need. So I've got the Bosch random orbital sander and the DeWalt table saw and the Hitachi, uh, uh, miter saw and the, uh, you know, the Porter cable, um, you know, combo kit and the wind mm-hmm. scroll saw. And, and so I've got a little bit of everything and I, I kind of like that. I kind of pride myself a little bit on it actually, because I feel like, it, right. like I've done my research and what's the best one out there and for the price range that I'm in and, and have been for the most part, very happy with the tools I have, except for the planer. And it's fine. I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't bash on Rikon. They, when I did that video, they, they put it on their 
uh, Instagram and that was nice of them and everything. It's just, I just got a little bit burned on the, on the heel of that. It's probably more my fault than it is their fault. Well, no, and, and I don't think that's the case, but yes, I, I mean, I appreciate that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the hard part is when it comes to battery, battery tools, right. like that, that's the, the tipping point. And, and, and that's where, uh, for like, I'm now, I mean, I had DeWalt tools, I had Bosch tools, but battery, battery powered tools. Uh, but I have kind of switched to Ryobi everything beyond that because because of the batteries. And so I, I'm willing to give a little bit of quality from tool to tool because I'm on a battery brand. Mm-hmm. Then, But when it comes to uh, you know non-battery, there's no reason to stick with a single brand, no. right? And so then you should get the best tool for the job. Yeah. So. Well- what what happened? What's funny is what happened. What ended up happening with me was I had um, I have very limited outlets in my shop, which is really a problem. And when I first started all my tools, I bought the best tool I could afford, but unfortunately, I was only able to buy corded tools. And at one point, I was just like, I had a, I did the only thing I had that was cordless was my my Dewalt drill and my Dewalt um, impact driver. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm a DeWalt guy now. So I start looking around my shop and I'm like, all right, well, what do I do the most and what causes me the most grief? Well, if I'm sanding, right? So sanding became an issue and palm routing became an issue. So I'm sitting there one day and I go, all right, I've got to bite the bullet and just get a battery operated saw, a battery operated sander and a battery operated trim router. It just makes sense because... I go outside to do this and running extension cords into my driveway to do this is just ridiculous. So I start looking and guess what DeWalt didn't have at the time. They did not have a cordless sander. They did not have a trim router that was battery operated. And I'm like, oh crap, but Ryobi does. So now I start thinking like, okay, do I get into another battery ecosystem, right? To start using tools more efficiently and that one and then one day i just said you know what screw it i'm just going to buy at least the the sander and a pair of batteries because that's something i will absolutely use no matter what and it's going to make my life a lot easier so i got that and then once i got the sander i was like well the right. trim router is going to make mm-hmm. things a lot easier too and what ends up happening little by little is you find yourself going i don't need to suffer through this inconvenience because my primary battery brand doesn't have one and you start to just all right, fine. I have two battery platforms in my shop and I just, fine. That's just the way it's going to be. So I have some DeWalt battery mm-hmm. tools and I have some Ryobi battery tools. And you know what? I'm a lot happier now because none of my tools have cords on them anymore. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's funny. People get so hung up and like, yeah, I can't afford the DeWalt cordless sander. So I'm just going to use the I'm just going to use a corded sander. Well, that's a, for me, that's a non-starter because I can't run a cord to the spot where I do all the sanding in my shop. I just can't. I'd be tripping over it. Well, and, and that's yes, No, I was going to, and that's, that's something that people don't really seem to think about. I like in your, in your, I think it was in your stories, Rory, or it was in your most recent video. You talked about the flow of your shop when you're doing your work. Yeah. And I, I really, I really relate to that because I have, seriously except for one piece moved everything in my shop at least once most things in my shop have moved at least three or four times until i've kind of got them where they are now because i think i really do have it figured out now 
But just, I don't know, man. That flow of your shop is really freaking important when you're trying to do stuff. And if you're cutting something one way and you, you want to cut a miter on it and you want to, you don't have to change the setup on your table saw. So you cut it on your miter saw and you just got to go back to your table saw. It's nice to have both in a relatively close space where you can kind of work without having to change everything every time, like readjust your table saw every time, readjust your miter saw every time, you know, how, how about going from your basement shop out to the driveway and then back to your basement shop? <laughs> it's dude. I'm telling you, you know what? It's, it's look, I know not everyone's trying to do, I know everyone's not trying to do production woodwork. Okay. This is not me saying everyone should be doing production woodwork. I'm just saying that those little inefficiencies, like someone like Rory, Rory, you're a great example of this. And this is why, this is why I wanted, one of the reasons I like talking to you about this stuff. You're not a four hours a night in the shop type guy. Right. you, You know? So, when you can create efficiencies, that isn't just me getting stuff done faster. It's actually getting more done. It's making my shop time more valuable. It's that 20 minutes goes from 20 minutes of stuff to maybe you 2X that 20 minutes. Yep. So you're there for 20, but you get 40 minutes worth of stuff done because you've gotten rid of all the stumbling blocks that get in your way. You can just have your your flow state and get your stuff done. Yeah, it's super important. I, I think it's very underrated, honestly. It's kind of fun too. It's a little bit of a challenge to, you know, as you go through, every time I do a project, I, you know, realize something like, oh, I need to put this there. I, 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 um, I don't know if I'm going to do a video on this or not, but I recently, uh, or I'm in the process of, uh, changing around my dust collection and getting it a little bit more efficient. And I recently took the collector and mounted it up on the wall and, um, and that has led to like all these different ideas i have now of like okay like do i run this up to the ceiling and have it come down kind of like in a central spot where they make they make like the swivel ball that so i like to have like this like swivel ball four inch hose that then goes to all my different tools and i'm like thinking about how i'm going to do all that i don't have it figured out yet but it's kind of it's kind of fun right it's part of the it's it's making it's building definitely the first time i (laughs) the first time i rearranged my shop I went from, at one point, my wife and I were having a discussion about the shop, and she goes, you're outgrowing this space. Mm-hmm. This is what she said to me. She goes, you're outgrowing this space. I said, yeah, but what am I going to do? I can't, I don't want to take over the whole basement. She goes, well, let's do this. She goes, why don't we move all this stuff to the other half of the basement, and you just take, instead of a quarter of the basement, take half the basement. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with all that 100%, space. 100%, 100% increase. <laughs> And now, and now I have three quarters of the basement. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to say. I was like, it's, it starts as a one of a three car garage. Soon mm-hmm. it's going to be like two and a half. I know. Of a- <laughs> and eventually, eventually you get rid of one of the cars and change right. it for a motorcycle. So you could really take like, over a I, lot I, more. I, if it ever snows in Tennessee, I will, I will shovel your car out. But yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. How <laughs> ironic. We are like buried right now for the first time. In I know like you got yeah, It's so the weather is incredible. Like yeah. there's snow in Texas. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. It's ice and it's a stressful oh. day at work, but it's all good. You know, I used to, I had a friend that lived in, I have a, um, a friend that lives in um, Alabama. And I remember a couple of years ago, it snowed and it was like, it, it actually didn't snow. It was just an ice storm in Alabama. Oh, yeah. 
and and they got something like a quarter of an inch or a half mm-hmm. inch of right. like snow that really just froze really fast and it just caused accidents everywhere and i remember thinking cuz you know i've been in new york my whole life mm-hmm. and i remember thinking what the hell is wrong with you people yeah. like we go out, we drive 150 miles per hour on that stuff, and you guys can't go to the grocery store without hitting a telephone pole. Right. And I realized at that moment that I just had this weird perceptional bias about what the weather down there was like, because it's like, yeah, we're used to it up here because we see it all the time. It's like when Dave in Minnesota, yeah. you know, he has to, when he drives and the snow on the side of the road is over the top of his car. You know, that's that's normal to him. It would still freak us out. Right. But I finally understood that, like, wow, when you guys talk about, you know, an inch of snow or two inches of snow, it's it's a big freaking deal down there. Well, it's not quite the same. And the, the other thing, too, is so uh, like I, I usually traditionally I usually travel this time of the year because of Lent and, and I do like uh, retail and stuff like that. And so I, it was a similar kind of experience, Vincent, where. I went to, I can't remember where it was, but it was some place that wasn't like too south, but like south enough that they didn't get a lot of snow. But I flew into that market and they had gotten like a, maybe an inch, an inch and a half. And I got my rental car. I was like, I'm from the, I'm from, you know, I'm from New England. I know how to drive in the snow. And I was like driving and I was kind of like skidding all over the place. And, and the the other piece of it, of it is that they don't treat the roads the same way. No. And, and it does make a huge difference. Really I, and does. I never really understood that before yeah. that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, like there is something to conditioning the roads. Totally. Right. Yeah. I, I grew up in Chicago. And so this, oh, when yeah. we moved so, you know, down here, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, up there, when you've got a snowstorm coming, you've got half a dozen plows on every ramp on the interstate, like ready to go as soon as it starts coming down. And, and they got salt that, and like the Totally. Solution. The sand and yeah. the salt and the solution. Yeah. Nashville's yeah. got like, I don't know, a dozen plows total in the whole in the whole they colony. Don't, so. They don't even have lawn chairs to hold their spots. I don't even understand how they do anything there. I'm clapping. I don't know why I'm clapping, Vincent, but that was great. That was great. Uh, the lawn Love chairs. It. It's hilarious. Well, I mean, I figured I figured that would be, you know, the Chicago people, the that's Boston right. people, the mm-hmm. New York people. We all know what that's oh, for. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't, yeah. Even, doesn't have to be a lawn chair or anything. You put a tricycle or a cone or anything out right. there. And then you, and yeah, people, people will get in fistfights for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You move that garbage can. Go ahead. Move the garbage yeah, can. Yeah. Well, go Let's ahead. see how move that the happens. Can. You'll see yourself in that garbage can. <laughs> exactly. You're going in it. You're going in it. All right. Uh, enough about my, my traumatic mob childhood. <laughs> up. So one of the things that y'all may not know about our good friend Rory here, um, Rory is a TikTok star. <laughs> So this TikTok, is really funny. So is we were it talking, an influencer? I don't even know what Rory it is. is. Rory's legit an influencer. So we were talking in the in the um, halftime show, and you know Tied I knew on. Rory. Rory had a um, his recent video. I believe it was the one with the cart for the for the saw. Was that the one that popped off? Yeah, that one did pretty well. Yeah, and out of nowhere, you know, you just started getting a a, a big big following on TikTok, and you know we were talking about it. Rory, how many followers do you have on TikTok? <laughs> so a little, little over twenty four thousand. I think maybe twenty four thousand and one now that Ethan is following me. Yeah, uh, yeah. That one. I just want to say that one is probably the most important. My favorite one, one. second favorite yes. one, I guess. Mentioned exactly. Twenty four thousand. Actually, I'll I take mean, that, that back. Is... I'll take that back. Their claim to fame on TikTok is that Tom Silva follows me. Ah, nice, unbelievable. 
wait, can we just pause for a second? Because you made a comments earlier about this old house. And I think this is my, you might be the, the first guest on the show that is equally as like geeked out about this old house cast members. So geeked out. Yeah. Yeah. I like Kevin and yeah. And Tom, like, yeah. So thank you for that. I, I feel like I finally found someone else that like, even loves like, even like this the old house and stuff, this Roger house. and the, yeah, I love yeah. it all. I love it all. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. You guys are geeking out over this old house. Yeah. Isn't it amazing by the way, just how, no matter how young, no matter how young the person is, if they're in this community, they have some amount of respect or knowledge about this old house. They should. Yeah. It's 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 amazing how yeah. well that show aged. Well, it really it, is. It, well, it, it, so a couple of things. So first of all, I, I didn't realize until recently, and I, I, I watched it back then, but I didn't realize the whole Bob Vila used to be on it, who went on to be his I own show and then- yeah, no, yeah, he was. He was one the of, first host. <laughs> oh what, was he? The, yeah, he might have been the first host. Yeah, he was the first host. Mind and blind. then, he, but uh, he had the whole thing. And then, like the whole home improvement uh, sitcom had the like the rivalry with with, with Bob with Tim Vila. and Bob Vila. Yep. Yeah, and now the whole home improvement show came back with uh, April Wilkerson. Yeah, who, super uh, proud of her. What, what's the name of the show? Do you remember? Oh gosh, it's um, uh, I'm gonna find it. Yeah, but anyway, so there's a whole new show. But anyways, long story short, Kevin, uh, who is the host of uh, This Old House now, and I'm so, like, appreciative to him because he has been pushing them to get into social media and, um, you know, all these different avenues where all the making uh, people are. And Mm -hmm. he is the... uh, He's the the like driving force for that, which is exactly what Ask This Little House, PBS, and uh, they need they they need that. And he's been a driving force. And he's he's brought Jimmy Duressa in. Yep. He's brought uh, Ben Ben Ueda in, and he's he's the driving force. And he's awesome. So I really really like I'm I'm just so excited for the fact that someone like him. Uh, has realized the potential that that show has and the reason i say that is because that to your point rory that show has been around forever and i would hate to see it go to you know fall away and i think that kevin is the guy that's gonna make it accessible to new generations and new audiences yeah assembly required is the name of the show where yes the two of them are hosting like a game show and it's like it's maker related, and then they'll they'll consult with April to get her like input on what they're doing and stuff. It sounds like it'll be pretty good. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's I didn't even. How did I not know about this? I feel like I don't know anything anymore. It's home improvement. So what are their names? Though I'm blanking on uh, uh, Tim Allen. It's, it's Al and Richard Karn, Richard, Tim yeah. Allen, and April Wilkerson. I'm looking yep. at. Oh my god. Yeah, it's this awesome. It's amazing. Yep. And you know who's there through the whole thing? Is uh, call me maybe? Oh, of course. is he really? Yeah, yeah. He was the, he was there. He got uh, he did the quarantine and got all tested and stuff like that. So he was taking pictures oh, cool. and and filming the entire time that April was doing the show. So he was he was a great guest on the show. That was a really good mm-hmm. episode. Justin's one of my favorite people, mm-hmm. and I, I, I it's He's I love awesome. Yeah, I do love 
that before I believe I believe Chris introduced us introduced me to him. I think it was uh, Chris, yeah right? he, yeah he definitely introduced you to him. I met yes. him at WorkbenchCon, but yeah he was definitely uh, he's like yeah. one of my. F- He's like one of my favorite people. Yeah. And I absolutely. didn't know him before Chris was on this show. And it's just like, it's, it's amazing. Cause well, I he, went to my favorite clip and I always talk about, it, but my favorite thing is like in, in J- Justin's stories, I said, I have no idea who, I have no idea who this Justin guy <laughs> yeah, is, but yeah. he looks really cool. And <laughs> makes that face in yep, his stories. Yep. And it's just great. It's a great yep. moment. And ever since then we've been, we've been friends and it's like, wow. Okay. He's you know, such an awesome, he's such a talented, awesome person who is super supportive, but also really, really like just truly appreciative of this maker community, which I think is a really sweet thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, so TikTok celebrity and influencer yeah, yeah. Rory Langefeld, how, um, TikTok, huh? Yeah. yeah tell us about TikTok. Cause so, tell, I'm yeah, interested. Like, yeah. That's... I mean, it gets this bad rap for being, you know, dancing videos and stuff like that. But I think Vincent, you've probably, I think you've talked about this. If you, if you give it a little bit of time and curate your feed a little bit, mm-hmm. it, you can really refine it to what you want. Oh. So mine's basically, you know, maker builder related, uh, cooking and like fishing. <laughs> it's like the best. It's all these little videos of that stuff. So yeah, I, I think I was listening to, I think it was a, a Brad Rodriguez thing where he was like, you know, talking about, being everywhere and having kind of a presence everywhere. And I, my brother had done some time on TikTok, not as a creator, but just as a consumer. He's like, if you guys check this out, it's hilarious. And so I posted a couple of little things on there and nothing ever happened. And I never, and I, and I think I didn't use it for a long enough period of time where it like uninstalled on my phone. And then something motivated me to put, put another video on there. And it was while I was building the cart, the table saw cart that we've talked about. And I put a quick clip of me using these um european style hinges that you don't need a forstner bit for so like i don't know what they're there's basically concealed hinges but they're Mm -hmm. not the ones that you need the forstner bit for it to kind of inset and so i just said hey i I did this really quick one minute video of me installing the hinges and it was you know fast paced and and uh no music or anything it was all just sound of the drilling and basically said if you don't have a forstner bit these are a good alternative and went to bed and it was like the classic, like, you know, you wake up and you've got all these things. So I, I opened it up and it had like 24,000 views and I had all these followers. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like literally out of nowhere. And I, I might've hashtagged, you know, woodworking and cabinetry and all these things. And so that it, it didn't even get like a lot of comments or other engagement. It just got a lot of views or something about it that TikTok likes. I was like, Oh, that was, that was fun, but still didn't see. I think I saw one youtube subscriber jump and like no instagram it was it, it did not carry over to different platforms so i was like well that was well and that, it, it, that's my exact question is like how and i know you're getting to it sorry i interrupted but no, like no, that's okay how does like th- that's an incredible amount of views but what does that mean so yeah so i was like well that was fun but not, these are superficial you know followers and engagement they don't that I, like I, I just don't understand the platform and right. i was like that was fun but you know whatever and so i went back to it a couple of times and posted a couple of little more videos and i don't think any of them really did much and when i say it didn't do much i mean like like a couple thousand views in in 24 hours is like unsuccessful on tiktok 
it just it is it they call it like the viral platform and it it literally is because you can consume so much content in so little time right they're like you know 15 to 15 second to one minute videos so you can just sit there for you know even 20 minutes and just consume a ton of content and it's very easy to like it's very easy to follow it's very slick in the way that it that it you know interfaces with the user and it's just brilliant. It kind of pulls together a lot of the really good things of Instagram and, and YouTube and puts mm-hmm. it all into one. So anyway, um, didn't really get much more engagement, posted a couple more videos. And then once the, um, or I know what it was, I finished the, I finished the table saw cart and had the YouTube video out on it and was making a, a crosscut sled for it. And that was one of those where I was like, I'm not going to make a video. There's a, you know, a gazillion really good videos on a crosscut sled. Like I'm not going to make a video on this. I just need to get it done so I can use it for my cutting boards and posted the really quick. Um, I, oh, I posted the, uh, like christening it, like, you know, rising, raising the blade up through it for the first time and put that on TikTok. And somebody asked, Hey, cool cart. Do you have plans for it? And I was like, you know, you're like the second person to ask for that. I, I don't, but I'm, I guess I'll work on some. And so I spent, I don't know, a couple of days putting together basic plans on the cart, like detailed in content, but I don't have any SketchUp or Fusion skills whatsoever. So basically pulled screenshots from my video and put um, a cut list together and put together like a 40 page PowerPoint on, you know, how to build this cart. And then I did a video that it was like a one minute video, then it responded. TikTok likes it when you post a video in response to um, a comment and responded to the comment, made the video and said, hey, I've gotten a lot of questions on this. Here's some more details on my cart and I'll put a link to these plans in my bio. And it blew up like Mm. 400,000 views in a day and a half and like, yeah. And like 150 orders of this, of these plans. I was like, wow. Unbelievable. Blown away. Like it was, I've spent all this time on Instagram and YouTube and you know, not that I'm not in it for the money by any means, of course not, but you know, I haven't made a dime on either of those things. And then all of a sudden on TikTok of all places, like, you know, making all this money. That's so. That's interesting. So you're not you you're not using TikTok to drive people to other uh, other platforms because the reason I said that is because most of the people that I, uh, that are that I've talked to that are super successful on TikTok are using it to drive people to YouTube or Instagram or whatever. You're saying that you don't you're not using that at all. You you use TikTok and just said here's like you're using it to drive people to plans. So I did for that one. Yeah. And then okay. TikTok doesn't have the, it's a little bit evergreen, but not nearly to the point of YouTube. So it definitely right. has, you right. get, you get this plateau within like 48 to 72 hours. So and a little ma- bit better than Instagram, but not as good as YouTube. Definitely right, okay. in, the, right in the middle. And, um, so now since then, anything I've done on TikTok, I've, I, if there's a video on it, I'll say, you know, check out, check out my build video on this. If you're interested in more, or I've put, I've changed the link instead of going straight to my, um, Etsy page, the link now goes to a link tree and they can, they can get to things that way. But so the, the trick on TikTok is in my opinion, in my experience so far, you either need to have a 
really good video that people like, like people like that table saw cart, or you need to do something controversial and that, that creates comments and the views just go nuts. And so, <laughs> so one of the things I did is, um, or I do is, is a lot of, you know, trim work in my house, like trim carpentry. I love it. I, I'm not very good at it and caulk and paint a lot of mistakes. Um, but I, I love doing it. And so I've posted a couple of videos on there and I'll hashtag, you know, carpenter or painter or something like that. And the pros get so mad at me. <laughs> they get so mad. <laughs> like a pro would never use tape. And how dare you like that? You know, I did like a tape trick where you like tape and caulk and paint and then you peel the tape and it looks nice, right? It's perfect for a DIY guy like me. And, uh, and they just get so mad. And all it takes is, you know, the algorithm right. that we always all talk about mm -hmm. is that it's, it sees comments happening and then people responding to those comments and you get into this debate in your comment section and people are liking and not liking and it just goes crazy. And so I've gotten a bunch of views off of doing stuff that people that kind of like creates this visceral reaction in people. And I, I Vincent, you, you mentioned this when you, um, had your, uh, uh, Reddit video go off, like, you got to have thick skin because people, people love oh, yeah. to just tear you up in there, but it's, it's, it feeds the algorithm. It's good. Right. It's like, bring no, that, bring and that's exactly it. Yeah. It, the, the Reddit is like, you're actually like, you're way better off if people are like super offended yeah. by what, <laughs> whatever you post and you're absolutely right. And yeah, you have to take, have a thick skin because they like, they'll eat, like they'll, eat at you like it's like amazing how mean they can be oh but yeah. The, yeah. Mean, the meaner they are the meaner they are the meaner like the, 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 the better more they yeah the more they spur like they encourage their other mean trolls it's like it's like a weird like like snowball effect like if they're mean yes then they they spark another mean person and it just the engagement is incredible. It's and it, incredible. That's, that's my favorite thing about, uh, about social media and the algorithms is like the irony of the fact that like the mean people like create the snowball effect where they're trying to, they're trying to be so such jerks to you. And then they, through that, they just spur this jerkness that snowballs and they just blow up your, your, yeah. your content. It's like, it's like such an ironic and beautiful thing. It I like, is. I love it so much. I, f I forgot who I was listening to, but they asked, um, if somebody was really big on YouTube and they, um, the person who was interviewing them said, so how do you feel about negative comments? Like, do you delete them? And they go, why would I delete a negative comment? They're like, well, you know, it's a negative comment. They go, no, no, no. YouTube doesn't look at your comment and go, is that a positive comment right. or a negative? They go, nope, that's engagement. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Call me anything you want. Yep. I'm not deleting anything. Yep. Uh, call it, call me a jerk and then watch everyone jump down your throat. Well, guess what? That's 25 comments now that are sitting on that video. That's a lot of engagement. <laughs> I'm well, like, damn, that's brilliant. So, so uh, so uh i comment i mean i've talked about the my self quote-unquote self-watering plant stand which is my blow-up video that shouldn't have been my blow-up video and then i had uh my uh another video which was the um grill blazer uh gun that like torches things uh which also blew up and both of those 
when when I got negative responses, I responded in kind of like a cheeky way, right? Like kind of, you know, like tongue in cheek and not overly aggressive, but just kind of like, you know, uh, you know, I took pride in the fact that I was coming back with a witty kind of counter, right? Um, but so, but then uh, recently, uh, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was the, my uh, pull tab wallet. So it was an interesting thing. So my, I, I had a pull tab wallet and somebody made some kind of, you know, jerk comment, like really stupid, completely like unfounded. Like it was a ridiculous like complaint, you know, or argument about why it wasn't good. Right. It was one of those stupid things. And it was prime for me to like come back at them at a, in, in a, in a fun kind of like whatever way. Um, but I didn't because I think I, I think I was working. I think I had I was doing my job. Um, but, <laughs> but so I didn't come back right away. And then it was so fun. No, no. You know, it, oh, it was about the speed that I was talking. Yeah, that's what it was. It was about the speed I was talking in the video, which I don't I don't dis- twist. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't disagree in the fact that. I was talking, you know, there's like, I talk faster in some, in my videos, like that's, but at the same time, it was like, it wasn't overly aggressive. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and they went on this like long, they commented, it was like paragraphs about how, uh, they, they don't respect people that like, uh, that talk too fast in their videos. They need to, they need to understand that the people that are listening want to hear their, what, blah, 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 blah. Holy crap. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, and, and I responded and being like, teach his own. Like, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I also like to keep the pace of my videos for, for the people that are watching my videos. I feel like the, that they don't need every de- detail. They want kind of a high level, whatever. And then they're going to do their own thing. It's not really blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and so then I left it at that. And then, he commented back, but then after that, it was just like, I didn't, I didn't comment back. And like the other people started commenting and defending me. And it was like, that was amazing. Like yeah, they, awesome. I, yeah. And, and I find that that's actually soup way more like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's way more supportive and, and, and meaningful than me coming back at the person. It's, it's, it's way more impactful if the, if your audience or other Reddit members are commenting and being like, you're being a jerk, or I don't find that bad at all. I think this is actually really, really appropriate. And this is why so, and, and they went off and it was like a, it was probably about a 10, nah, maybe not 10, but there's like a fair amount of comments about that supporting me. And I think that means so much more, right? That's awesome. Yeah. I, it, I, I, I feel like we're always, you know, and the more, the more you get into making content, the more you, you, know, you always get worried that you're going to get dragged into the negative of it. Right. But what you always end up finding is that the positive. Yeah. Yeah. There is so much more yeah. positive. So much more. Than way, there is negative. There. There's, there is a lot of, I'm not going to say there's not a lot of negative, right? But I'm just going to tell you straight up, I don't experience a lot of negative when no. I make content. I just don't. And the more content I make, 
the more people come around and you start seeing like you get the best example I can give is the, the people that have supported us um, mm-hmm. on buy me a coffee mm-hmm. since we started it. It's like, Oh wow. You know, you people don't just like this. They're willing to pay for it. Right. You know, I, 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 I'm kind of surprised, you know, or, you know, when you're, when you make that video that you go, this is kind of cool. A few people are going to enjoy this and it just pops off. Right. Like you make a video and on the podcast, for, on a podcast, for example, you say like, this is, no one's going to watch this. And then 33,000 people right. watch right. it, you know, mm-hmm. no, not that we know anything like that. Either. <laughs> Never happened. Never happened on this podcast. <laughs> but, you're, but, but you're absolutely right, Vincent, though. I, I think that's the thing is like, it's so easy to, and I understand it because it hurts. Like the three comments that you get hurt. Sure. They do. I mean, they, and, but like, that's the, that's the thing is like, you're right. There's the three comments are the, the three comments that you shouldn't listen to because you have 30,000 or I'm black. I'm well, exaggerating, no, but you're right. They're literally just three comments. Right. And those, that's it. Yeah. They're three comments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and they're the jerks that don't know what they're talking about. So yeah. I'm always amazed. I'm always amazed by the 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 overall level of positivity. Even right. when we we're pretty much convinced and conditioned to believe that there is very little, there's a lot of it. And yeah. look, there are spaces like if you're in the political space online, then yeah, there's a lot of negativity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And frankly, you would expect there to be a lot of negativity right. there, right? right. Mm-hmm. But if you're in our space, there's a lot of positivity, man. Right. And and frankly, <laughs> You know, this may me be me being a bit of a jerk, but if you're in a space and there's not a lot of positivity, get out of that space. Get out of that space. A hundred percent, Vincent. Just hundred yeah, percent. Get out of that space. Like, <laughs> right. I, you know, how many people I follow on Twitter now? Mm-hmm. Zero. <laughs> Do you know why? It's not because I don't have good interactions with people on Twitter. It's because once you stop following people on Twitter, you know what happens. And this is, I know this is a real jerk move, right? But there's a reason I did that. When you know what happens when you stop following people on Twitter, they stop showing you stuff that you're not following. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't try to guess what you're interested in anymore, and they just don't show you anything anymore. So when I go to Twitter, if I want to see what you're up to on Twitter, I'll jump in and look at your stuff on Twitter. I jump in there all the time, but I go to the people I want to see. And you know what it did? It made Twitter much less toxic for me because mm-hmm. instead of me going to Twitter and just being bombarded with everything Twitter thought that I wanted to see. I'm going there and I'm only seeing what I want to see. And it, yeah, it sucks that I'm not following people that are following me, but I interact with people, you know, I don't interact with people much here, but really if anyone wants to interact with me, they know to find me on Instagram. There was almost nobody following me on Twitter that wasn't already following me on Instagram anyway. So follow me on Instagram. I interact like crazy on Instagram. Instagram is the positive place. You guys want to hear a fun story? Yes. Always. Twitter is actually how I, even know about this podcast and i'm even here today yes isn't that crazy well i guess somehow <laughs> actually somehow i came across or somebody that i was following liked one of your tweets vincent and wow i i was like oh these guys have a podcast like that's cool like good for him and maybe liked it or something <laughs> how cute and then like <laughs> yeah and then like the next week i think i i might so i might i must have started following you like the next week it was David Picciuto was on. You know, that's probably what it was, actually. I was probably following him. That episode, Vincent. And I was probably following him, and he liked your tweet. And I was like, mm-hmm. this, these guys, 
like, who are these guys? And so I went over to Instagram. So I was like, who's Ethan Carter? And I saw the, the, I recognized the make the knife right away because I followed Drew Fisher, right. Who doesn't. And he had like, just got his leather wrap knife. And I was like, Oh, like I, I recognize that picture. Yeah. 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 I know who these guys are. Like, and then, you know, the rest is history. Isn't that crazy? That is really bonkers. But see, that's the thing that's, and that's, that's what's so crazy about this entire social media world is that like that exact path that you just talked about is like, it's so crazy that it went through all of that to find us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I, I kind of hate it too, because it's like, I, I, like, I didn't know about you before that. Right. Yeah. And, and I wish I had, and that's the, that's the struggle is like, there's so many makers and people that I want to know about that I don't know about because of algorithms and mm-hmm. oh, it's platforms worst. and all those yeah. things. I just, I, I hate the fact that I can't discover people in a, in a, in an organic way. Right? There's almost no way to, <clears throat> for you as a, as a single content consumer to discover anybody. No. Anymore. Right. Exactly. You exactly. have to just stumble <clears throat> onto people through pure dumb luck. A good example, by the way, how many people since they were on have told us they found us through Leanne and Nick. Right. Uh, totally. It's like, exactly. it's, and it's like, wow, you know, it's, it, it took us, and I love Leanne and Nick. I do. Mm-hmm. I love both of them. They're, they're, they're awesome. the nicest freaking people. And it's just so funny that, you know, we're here <laughs> plugging along, doing our thing. And all of a sudden, there's a whole segment yeah. of our audience that's coming in now because they heard us talk to them. And it's like, wow, you know what? It, that's why, you know, pro tip for people listening to the podcast. We love having guests on the show. And one of the reasons we love having guests on the show is because it exposes us to new audiences, to people that haven't heard the show, to people that don't know who we are. And there's always that influx of people after we have some guests. And, you know, one of the more interesting stats that we get um, from Anchor is unique people that listen in a given week. Yeah. And we can always tell, even if the <laughs> when the numbers are lower than typical, but the number of unique people are higher than the number of listeners mm-hmm. to an episode. It's like, oh, wow, they brought a big chunk of their audience with them. Maybe they'll stick around for next week. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we do pretty good at retaining our people. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think we're, podcasting. Yeah, we're not for everyone, and that's fine. We are definitely not for everyone, no. right? I I know that there are people looking at the clock right now going, oh, my God, you guys have been talking for 90 freaking minutes already. And guess what, guys? We're going to be talking for at least another 20 more. But um, <laughs> it's just really funny. Like, we we know we're not everyone's cup of tea. But I feel like we're enough people's cup of tea where we just got to get in front of them. And it's like, we're going to get you. We'll get you. If we get in front of you, we're good. We just got to get in front of you. And it's that's the hard part is getting in front of people, right? It's the hard part with any platform is getting in front of people. And again, I said it again, 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 again. No. Um, but yeah, no. I agree, Vincent. I think it's one of those things. But if we're not your cup of tea, then that's fine. Like that's the oh, other yeah. thing too. It's like yeah. I don't want it. If I'm if, not changing if, to be your cup of tea, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I don't mean that in a bad. We don't mean no, that in a bad just, way. It's just like this is what we want to do. This is what makes right. us happy. Um, yeah, and I th- I th- think the other thing too is it's an important message to uh, to make that you might think that everyone knows about everyone that you follow and that you really respect, 
but but they but that's not a guarantee at all and so i think the the psa right is if 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 you believe in a, in a maker if you believe in a small business or any of that shout it out let let people know if if there's someone that you know that like loves leather work let them know about the leather working accounts that you like if mm-hmm. there's people that uh are searching for um someone to connect with because they're a real estate agent and they want to make you know they want to have cutting boards to give a giveaway as cutting board present and uh closing presents let them know about the makers in your community that's a huge thing that we can all do for each other right oh my god i mean for sure there's so many times you know and Rory, do you do you do commissions or? Um, yeah, absolutely. So I still have my yeah, so- I still have my Etsy shop up, and I've got I'm working on something for uh, for a couple of people right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. See, that's the thing, right? And right. It's like, that's what I mean. That if 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 someone were to just go, hey, you know, Rory, I heard you on because we make. Could you do? Can you do one of those Cubs home plate type flag things for yeah. me? You know, it's like I I I don't I don't think people understand that how much that actually means to yeah. someone like that's got a small business. I really don't. When, when, when I'm sitting, when I'm sitting there, like I, it was Friday morning and I was sitting, I was sitting in my living room and I had literally just been going through a week and a half of having the worst, most an, horrific head cold ever and just being all screwed up. And what am I doing? Well, on Friday, a bunch of stuff I made got delivered to customers and it's like, and I started getting messages like, oh my God, dude, this is amazing. Thank you so much. This turned out exactly the way I wanted it. It's perfect. She's going to love it. And it's like, wow, you know, th- this is, this is an instant, like your spirits just go mm-hmm. from like, oh, I feel like garbage. I don't have any energy. I feel sick. I just want to s- curl up and die to, oh, I can conquer the world today. Like, and it, it, yeah. it changes for you that quickly. If you think, if you think your recommendation to someone to get them to buy something from someone whose work you really like. If you think that recommendation doesn't mean the world to them, just ask them. They'll tell you. Yeah. They'll tell you. And it, when pe- people aren't just, <clears throat> I'm telling you from experience, people are not just being polite when they tell you that your recommendation of them to someone else who needs their work, when I tell you it's the most important thing ever, I'm not just saying that because it's polite. I'm telling you that because. It's the only way a small business, if you have a friend who's got a small business, it's the only way that they can survive as a small business owner. It's the only, only, only way. Yeah. And that it's, 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 it's almost like it's your obligation to do it. It's, I, I know it sucks to tell you you have an obligation, but if you like someone's work and you like what they do, if you like the content they're putting out, if you like, one of the things I love about this show is we get to give platforms to people who we really like, mm-hmm. you know, if you really like someone's content or if you really like the work they do, or if you've bought something from somebody who did a really good job, damn it, just shout them out. Give them, give them the love that, give them the love that they deserve because it's, it's hard to get traction. It's really hard to get traction. And if you can help someone get that traction, you're going to have a friend for life who's going to appreciate you forever. Yeah. Trust me. Going back to your unique viewers, I've got four brothers and two sisters and two sets of parents just on my side. So hopefully I get a couple more this week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, have the, we'll have the whole family. I'm, I'm good with it. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't think it was your wife, but I'm pretty sure your mom 
might have looked at something on my Instagram because I saw the name and I'm like, okay, it's not his wife. Like I, I I've seen your I, wife. I, and I don't know. Wife. It might not have been. It might have been my. I don't mom. know. Is your mom on Instagram? No, she's not. She's on Facebook, but not Instagram. Oh, maybe that's where it was then. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Morley uh, asked me. He's like, did your dad? Uh, like my YouTube video, and it, it was Jay Carter. I was like, uh, "It no, that's not my dad." And if anyone likes your uh, videos, it's definitely going to be my mom, and it's going to be a lot of like smiley emojis, flower emojis. Like, yeah. it's going to be a real. Yeah. I was like, "So you'll know, you'll know if if Elise Carter likes your YouTube video." Uh, moms are the that's best. Awesome. Yeah, they are. Oh, my mom, my mom, absolutely. My post, every post on Facebook, she likes yep. every yep. single one mm-hmm. religiously. And she, she always likes to embarrass me and tell me how proud my dad would have been of me <laughs> and the work that I'm doing. And it's like, oh, stop. Oh, I know. It's like, oh, I get it. My, you know, people appreciate, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. That's, that's the sign of a true small business when your mom is one of your biggest fans. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why don't we get into uh, well, let's lighten it up a little bit, y'all? Yeah, let's, let's do, do some uh, we'll do some things of the week. And we always like to let our guests go first when we do our things of the week. Yeah, I am dying to know what Rory brings to the table. This I'm week. honored. You guys probably know about it, but I uh, so I followed John Malecki for a long time, and he has he is in the middle of a video series of him doing <laughs> these renovations on his house. Uh, before his wife has a baby. And now I like this for multiple reasons. First is obviously because I can relate to it because you go into this like nesting mode, everything needs to be perfect. And I am like stressed out watching his videos every week because he's he's got his house just torn apart and his wife is super pregnant and it's just hilarious. But the other thing I really like about what he's doing with his channel lately, and it's really coming through uh, in in this series is uh, Sam and Jordan getting like tons more uh, camera time. And I love it because he's busy, right? Doing, doing, running his business and doing his family stuff. And Sam and Jordan are just kind of coming into their own in, uh, in front of the camera. And I think it's, I've just been getting the biggest kick out of it. I think he's got like five weeks to go and he's been doing it at least a video every week. And, um, I've just been having a lot of fun watching it. So I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but it has been, I've seen, I've definitely seen the thumbnails. (laughs) So I've seen them in my suggested stuff. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a pretty fun idea, actually. Just the crunch time of having a baby, got to get this house done. Yeah, Let's do this. My palms are like sweating as I'm watching. I'm like, no, we can't rip the <laughs> staircase out. You're not going to be able to get it done. And then he, you know, he gets it done. It's beautiful and everything. But <laughs> his wife's going to go into labor. <laughs> it's kind of good to see him focusing on something other than making like clickbaity, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, like the, projecty type. It like to just do something with some real meaning behind it. Like that's good to see. I'm I'm glad he's doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's looking good too, right? Like I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's got a nice nice looking uh, updates here on his house. So I've been oh, yeah. I've been digging that. And then and then then you know, baby's born, kick back with a cigar and go. I got nothing to do <laughs> for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's when the real work get, begins. Gets, it gets real real easy. Um. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so John Malecki's Renos Before the Babies. I'll put the – I think he has a playlist for it on his – Yeah, on yeah, his yeah he has a one, two, and three, I think. Yeah. I will absolutely put that right up in there. Um, Mr. Carter, would you like to go next? Sure. Mine's, mine's real quick. Um, <clears throat> so if anyone's been watching my uh, Instagram, I've been 
getting super excited about my Arbor Press and figuring out how to emboss my uh, leather. Um, so I ha- I had this uh, hard plastic embossing logo that I got way back when. Um, and so I recently reached out to a leather stamp maker and, uh, and ordered a uh, metal one for uh, of my logo to emboss in and in, in leather. And I came this past week and it's, it's phenomenal. I, I, to be honest, I don't know if it's any better than the hard plastic. I'll be honest about that, but I'm really impressed with their, uh, the price is about the same and they made it real quick. I, I think I got it within, within a week. I think I got it within seven days and I, you know, I can't guarantee that for people anyone else but they sent it they designed it sent it to me and it is a super crisp embossing leather stamp um so highly recommend them i mean it was super super affordable for the price and yeah i really liked it so hats off is that so which did you did you use it on the business card holder is that the first one you used it on Uh, i'm trying to think of what i used it on first um could it be no, the sweet wall? No, I think I think I just used it on the thing, uh, the stamp I made tonight. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, that's that's nice. <laughs> it, it is nice. I don't think like again, I'm I'm not sure if it's any better or worse than the it, hard plastic one. It looks uh, all right. It looks crisper than your old one. Yeah, I think it is. I, I it might I, be. I think the edges might be a little crisper a little bit it. crisper. I, yeah, it's, it's cool. a little bit, but it, 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 I don't. I wouldn't say a lot. Like I, I'm not putting anything else down but i also think that their turnaround was really really good and it was super easy i sent them an image they did it they sent it to me i think i got it within a week so wow yeah yeah exactly so that's fast it was super <laughs> fast it was super fast and the quality is spot on so i and they're uh they're usa you know they make everything in the in the u.s really really like them so uh, and they're, and I don't think they're, I don't think they're that big too. So they're, they're on Instagram, follow them. Um, and yeah, they're, they're good for, even for anything else. I mean, I think even for, without, uh, beyond, uh, like leather work, they, if you want like a, uh, reasonably priced, um, branding iron, you can heat these up. So, mm. Yeah. I've and been thinking. I've been thinking about um, adding to my branding iron because right now I have a six thousand dollar branding iron. Yeah, and I'm I'm seriously considering getting like a normal one. Yeah. So that's a good idea. I never. Yeah. Well, okay. and and these guys. So they also have outside of the um, the Arbor Press or anything like that. They have a attachment that you can hammer. Mm-hmm. So you can hammer it in, and uh, and it's three bucks. And everywhere everywhere else I looked. That's like just that attachment was twelve oh. bucks. So it I'm just, looking at this. Yeah. I'm looking at their stamps on their site. They do some serious detail stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. I they're, was expecting the these to be deal. like chonky branding iron no, type. No. This is this yeah. is a whole other yeah, ball yeah. game. I I have no I have no qualms about recommending them as a really really solid um, leather stamp. And I think I haven't used it. So full disclosure, I haven't used it as a branding iron. But I don't. I think it would work really, really well as a branding iron. So, wow! Yeah. Oh, this stuff is cool. I yeah. love these. You know what? I'm looking at. This is what you do to be you bastard. But I'm looking <laughs> right now. I'm looking at all these stamp sets that they yeah. make. Oh yeah, and yeah. I'm like, 
I'm, I want this. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me both. That's I have the same thing. I'm like, I want all those stamp sets. I have, I want, yeah. I have almost no use whatsoever <laughs> for a stamp, a leather stamping set. Yeah, and I want a leather stamping mm-hmm. set. <laughs> yep. No, I totally get it. <laughs> this is awesome. We'll put the I'll put the link to the to the Instagram in the show notes. I'm pretty. I'm, I, I don't think. I mean, I don't think they're that big either. Like they're they're and they're com, uh, they're definitely committed to the community too, which I think is that's great. Always yeah, awesome. So. I I I love it. Yeah, I love it. I lo- I'm looking at this stuff right now, and it's just it's really cool. I like the way they present their stuff too. It's the very good one. The, Man, you always bring the good stuff to the table. <laughs> the one week turnaround is really impressive. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, honestly, I, I, I was I was surprised. I, I can't I, you know, I don't want to promise that because I don't think that's what they guarantee. But for me, my experience was it was it was definitely less than a week and a half. They just said, look, this is this is Ethan Carter. Yeah, yeah. right. And you know, I do the right thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so then he's going to make us thing maybe, of the week. Maybe and we'll we're be thing be... of the week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's an awesome one, man. That's a that's a good one. You brought it this week, man. <laughs> um, my thing of the week this week is a is a is kind of a weird one. And if you saw my Instagram tonight, you saw me actually use it. And I've been meaning to make this thing of the week for a couple of weeks, but I never got to actually try it out. And I didn't want to make it thing of the week without trying it out. So there's an artist. His name is Stuart Semple, and he runs a website called Culture Hustle. And he makes all kinds of interesting and unique um, paint colors and painting things like different. You can he sells different pigment powders that you can mix with mediums and make your own paints. He sells like a paint called Black 3.0, which is the blackest black painting you can buy. Um, paint rather that you can buy. He sells a set called um, Heavy Metals, which is gold, silver, bronze, and copper paint, and they look when you paint it on, they look just like metal. He does um, the brightest bright paint, which is basically um, the same stuff you would use in like glow in the dark paint. It's very phospholuminescent. Huh, you like that, right? I use these technical terms, but the stuff that he makes is just absolutely fantastic. One of the paints that he made, I saw on, um, I, I follow a lot of art YouTubers and a couple of them talked about this a couple of months ago and I bought it and I just never got around to playing with it. Um, it's called Mirror, the world's mirroriest mirror chrome paint. This stuff is, is insane. It's it's freaking fantastic. Yeah. Like it's it's okay. First of all, just so you know, it ain't cheap. It's 15 milliliters is $38. <laughs> so this is one of those you could buy it if you want to play around. Just understand you're spending a little bit of money to do it. Um It seems like I it had, goes a long way though. Like it yeah, it really does. Yeah. Like you can cover 15 milliliters covers an eight square foot square. Okay. 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 It's uh, not eight. I'm sorry. A 64 square foot square. Like it's eight foot by eight feet. So oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it goes lot, on. Right? That's a lot. It's, it, it's, it goes on very, very, very thin. You don't have to put multiple coats on, but it completely covers what you put it on. And it's very watery. It's a very, very thin paint. So you're not going to get this chunky, brush strokey, horrible, streaky paint. It's really, really thin. It levels itself. I painted, and Rory knows of this product because he bought a set, but I make these gummy bear, resin gummy bear earrings. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I when you make resin anything in a mold, you have rejects. And I save my rejects just because I don't really want to get rid of them. They're cute. And I, I get really upset when I throw away cute things. So I have these little gummy bear rejects that are not quite good enough for earrings. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to try out the chrome paint on this. And holy crap, it's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> and I'm really dying to see what it looks like when it's dry, but it looks absolutely incredible. So this stuff is really, really cool. He has a lot of really neat stuff. He donates a lot of money to charity, to art charities, to getting supplies for kids that can't afford it. He's a, he's very active in the art community. He's a, all right. You wait, look, all right. Way to win the shout outs, Vincent. <laughs> you could look at him and say he's kind of a, kind of arrogant and i i get it but i like him a lot i like the stuff that he does and i like the stuff that he from my experience with this paint in particular i just like him like i like that he's just like unapologetically trying to do cool stuff and i like supporting people that do cool stuff so anyway yeah he does really good stuff and this is one of them and i'll have the link to it in the show notes i would highly recommend if you're a maker and you've ever used like a Molotow pen to do chrome on anything, I would say give this stuff a try too. You might be happier. This is this looks a little more metallic and a little less chromey than that. It looks more like it's got a metal base to it rather than just being like chrome. It's hard to describe, but you'll see it. Um, Dan Roto from the Danocracy did a really good video comparing Molotow pen and this stuff. I think we talked about it last week with Kit mm-hmm. on the show. I would highly recommend looking into this stuff if you want to play around and check out some of his other stuff too. Like I said, he's a good dude. He does a lot of charity work and stuff like that. And he's worth uh, worth uh, our support as a community. He's got an awesome feed. Go. I'm just sitting here looking at it. There's really interesting content here. Oh, he's 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 fantastic. Rory, he's just- Rory isn't it so fun like finding people on the, like as you're listening to the podcast or I, while you're on the, so I, like, here's, I, the yeah. I, I usually listen to it in the car. And so I have to like make <laughs> mental notes to look these people up when I get home. And this is the first time I've been able to do it live. And I'm, now I'm getting a taste for it. I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. So it, yeah. I, I, I literally like subscribe or follow probably at least three to four people every episode. Yeah. One of his, one of his best, one of his best, trolls of people Mm -hmm. he made a set called karen (laughs) okay and i'm looking at basically it's pumpkin spice latte scented (laughs) acrylic paints (laughs) and it what they're called the four the four colors are called manager live laugh love zero stars and this is terrible oh my gosh it's just the greatest thing i like it's just live laugh love yep live laugh love so no offense to anyone that likes that, but yeah, <laughs> he made he made a set of paints called Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's Stuart for you. But yeah, his stuff's really cool. He's like I that's said, awesome. he's a really cool guy. Yeah, you have a good laugh, you'll enjoy it, and you'll. There's a lot of videos about the blackest black because it's it's oh, yeah. so black that if you paint a three dimensional object with it, you can't see shadows on it. Like, that's how black it, it's really weird the way it absorbs light. It's freakish. Black is like, that is such a, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I remember listening to a Modern Maker podcast about it as well. Like, the same thing. It's like black, like, there's black and then there's different degrees mm-hmm. of black. 
And it's a really interesting, actually, concept because it's like, it's not actually a color or whatever. Yeah. It's the absorption in light. Exactly. It's, it's the yeah, it's absence the whole, of color. It's absence. It's yeah. you perceive color versus mm-hmm. what the color actually is. It's mm-hmm. a whole thing. It's really, really interesting, but. Yeah, it's good yeah. stuff. This is what happens at about like ten o'clock on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we start, you start, you start winding it down unintentionally. But we do have one more thing to do before we get out of here this yeah. week. We do have to give our weekly thanks to the uh, the Rogues Gallery of folks that make this show possible. And we got a new one tonight as we were recording, which is the coolest thing ever. Awesome. Um, so the people that we like to thank this week are Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More. <laughs> oh, look at this. Rory from RLL Woodworks. Oh, weird. What? Is that, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Um, Chris from Full Steam Designs, who, by the way, Chris is a mensch and a half. Thank you so much. I had some questions about Carbide Create. I mentioned I messaged him. He helped me out. I understood everything when I was done. So, Chris, thank you so much for that. Um, Jeff Stein, a weird guy. Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Woo. and the one and only Robert J. Keller, who I just want. Hold on. This is for Robert. And he knows exactly what that is. <laughs> he knows exactly what that is. But thank you, everyone, for supporting the show. You make it possible. And we appreciate every one of you and everything you do for us. And as I always say, if you cannot support the show financially for whatever reason, we don't expect miracles from people. Um, just share the show. Leave a review because we appreciate that just as much. Believe me, everything that you do that helps us grow this show and get in front of more eyes and ears is good for us and we appreciate all of it and we can't do it without you and we wouldn't want to do it without you so thank you for all that and and rory man thank you so much for coming on oh. it was so much fun to have have a supporter uh another maker and a really really good person oh come thank on you guys thank you guys i appreciate it so much you guys are a blast to listen to every week i i uh i look forward to it Every Wednesday, seeing that podcast pop up, and it's an honor to be on with you guys. I really appreciate it. I am I am absolutely blown away by the number of people who tell us that they 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 love Monday Wednesday morning when they wake up, and we're the we're right there waiting for them. And you know, I got to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons it's there every Wednesday because oh, it's like, I know there are people. We are people's Wednesday morning routine, and I don't want to screw that up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't want to screw that up. I really, really appreciate your support over the couple of years that we've been doing this. And I appreciate your, obviously your financial support. That means a lot to us also. And it's just been, it's been really great getting to know you and it's really, really cool to call you a friend. And it was nice to really, for the first time, actually get to actually talk to you considering how much we've chatted on Instagram. Yeah. So likewise, likewise text with you guys all the time. So to sit down and actually talk ah. live has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Awesome. And now and now everyone knows about you. So now everyone can go find you on YouTube at RLL Woodworks or on Instagram at RLL Woodworks or on TikTok. But we don't have to tell them on TikTok because they probably already follow you on TikTok, <laughs> Mr. Influencer. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's hilarious. <laughs> um we are getting down to the wire on the um unwrap a project challenge. So if you haven't already finished, I think what is it, Ethan? One more week, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah, I think uh we're cutting it off next week. 
Yeah, next and, week, which uh, means I really do have to get mine started. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we're, we're cutting off next week, and then the following week we'll do the... Yep, March 1st we're doing the live stream at 8 p.m. on YouTube, and we'd really love to have you there for it because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what we're doing for the live stream. We're going to obviously review the entries, but you know, maybe we'll have a little fun. I, I think we're, I think we have the prize figure, the prizes figured out, and we think we know how we're going to do it. But we'll, we'll, we'll leave yeah. it up to we'll leave it. We'll figure it out. Trust me. Have we have we let you guys down yet? No, we haven't. It's not our it's not our mo. <laughs> um, but we're going to have um, all of Rory's info in the show notes. We're going to have um, a link to the unwrap a project page so you can refresh your memory on the rules i hope if you haven't already entered i really do hope you decide to enter i hope you, you basically have play. one week left you have one week left i'm gonna make for, it. to make something decorous orange charming scintillating sloppy and alike and we've gotten a good number of entries we've gotten a good number of entries i'm feeling good I'm yeah feeling well, good. uh Ray, what were you gonna say i'm gonna make an announcement i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you guys off a little bit so for, for as part of the gift package i'm gonna give either whatever you guys choose a walnut or uh maple cutting board the ones that i just made in my most recent video so i'll throw one of those in there for the prize pack Whoa! oh my god see what yes that's yeah. awesome that's you awesome have, you're gonna get a cutting board you're going to get a cutting board from the one and only TikTok superstar, Rory Langefeld. No, that's awesome, Rory. That's oh my amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Throw it in there. Absolutely. All right. Sweet. Awesome. Sweet. Awesome. And yeah, if guys, we, we already kind of know what we're going to put in as the prize pack, but if you want to contribute a prize, you got a week left. If you want to tell us, you know, Hey, we're, I'm going to donate this to the winner. Um, hit me up. We already have, um, I think we have one other person who had said he was going to give us something. Yeah, at least one or two. I think we have one. Or, two. Yeah. So, and by the way, if you um, if you did already speak to us, just because it's been a long time, just shoot us a message in some way and just remind us because I want to have everything coordinated before the um, before we do the actual giveaway. Oh Try to look like a professional one. But I honest, just, just honestly, Rory, though, I think that's better than anything I'm going to give. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not even giving anything anymore yeah. now. It's like, what, what am I going to do that's going to top a juice grooved cutting board? Exactly. You already showed me up by making one. Damn. You inspired me. You inspired me. That's, awesome. the, ultimate, that's the, awesome, the ultimate compliment. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and he didn't use a CNC to make the juice groove, exactly. folks. He did not cheat like I did. <laughs> that's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And like I said, next week, um, next week, it's almost over. Um, February 21st. At 11.59 p.m., that is Eastern. That's the deadline. Don't miss the deadline. You're going to want to at least get your name in this, okay? Okay, cool. Have a great week. We will be back again next week, and uh, we'll have some fun stuff to talk about, I'm pretty sure. Till then, have a good one. Bye.